0: everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy Seth Robinson. Seth.
1: Hey, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. We uh, fought through the technical difficulties with my camera to, to be here today, so... That's yeah, there's been
0: a couple right? of a couple of uh, episodes of uh, camera difficulty, but
1: I know I don't know I don't know exactly what's going on. Like it's it's so weird when like everything works you know forever and ever, and then it stops working, and like you didn't change anything.
0: No, uh, I don't it's the vagaries and mysteries of tech. For as long as we work in in this industry, we still have to experience them all. So I don't think anyone has it figured out. Reboot. That's my answer to everything. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Yeah, here we are with our uh, with our advanced degrees and the best we can do is turn our computer off and back on again. Yep.
0: Hey, it works for quite a few things. I think even the IT people will tell you the same thing. Try that first. It all, yeah, and, yeah we'll, we'll go to more sophisticated uh, fixes later. But well, we're glad to see your shining face today. So oh,
1: thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here. And I mean, I guess uh, technology is what we're talking about today. We're continuing with The series that we started last time about how technology got here, looking at the technology industry, and really the 15 years, starting in about 2007 and running through last year, that really defined um, a lot of growth in the industry and, and shaped the industry in a lot of interesting ways. But a lot of those factors have reached either their end or some kind of inflection point. So last time we looked a little bit at the growth of the industry from kind of a a little bit of a sideshow to the, the main stage uh, and then we also looked at economic factors and, and the fact that interest rates were so low and capital was so cheap that that shaped a lot of bets on business models and just ways that people were thinking about it and those two things have have changed and that's going to shape you know the the next 15 to 20 years or whatever it's going to be so today we've got a, a couple more topics that we're going to look at
0: Yeah, I think we're getting a little bit more technical today, talking a little bit more about innovation and what some of the best new things might be and and might not be. And I think, you know, top of our list is something that we have spoken about before. It was part of, uh, it's been part of the work that we've done in research as well, especially your work, and that would be Web3 and what's happening with that. Um, You know, the promise of that being around some of the decentralization type technologies like blockchain, and we talk about crypto and what, what a blockchain might do for that and some of the other business uses but i think the way you described it is web through's kind of had some stumbles here i think we can point to things like crypto and sort of the myth of decentralization is it really true that we're decentralizing things um or and there's no middleman because i'm not sure that that's that that's entirely true in certain areas of, of web three but you know where we're going with that because you know the great promise to have was to have more personalization you know much more control over your data as an individual um and web apps built around that and and also being able to use omni channel and omni device type of access to the internet and to the apps that you want to use are we seeing that I think we're still sort of in infancy and the way infancy works is you know sort of two steps forward one step back
1: yeah yeah i think that's right i mean i think of this category as kind of looking at the internet as a whole like you know how is the internet evolving and growing and changing and web3 was the latest iteration and like you said it was a lot about decentralization and i think for basically the whole time that we had named it and we were looking at it there were a lot of people kind of saying well what's the killer app going to be you know is there some practical use here because cryptocurrency was taking the spotlight and everyone knew about cryptocurrency and was pointing to that and that was interesting and a lot of people were making a lot of money but i think behind the scenes a lot of people were saying well these cryptocurrencies aren't based on anything they're not like you know stocks bonds equities that are based on some kind of business fundamentals i mean these are based on maybe some notion of created scarcity and how does that work and I think we saw the the crypto market you know kind of crumble at the end of last year but i i think that a lot of the underlying technology has some potential to it but maybe not quite as much promise as everyone wants it to have especially around the decentralization i, I think that probably if you look at anything throughout history when you're talking about just trying to give the power to the people I'm not sure that that always works. Right. And right. part of the reason that the crypto market crumbled was because so many pieces of it were unregulated. Right. And so I think people want all the good things and the nice things about decentralization, but then they still want some kind of safety net or mm-hmm. regulation. And it's kind of a, a tough needle to thread. Right. And mm-hmm. and so I think we will see those a lot of those technologies contributing to applications that help data be more secure help data provenance be more trackable but they maybe don't eliminate all of the middlemen or the gatekeepers or whatever else that people were kind of hoping for
0: yeah i don't think they can it's like anything and when you think about the way the government runs you've got obviously we've got a very divided nation but you've got sort of like the conservative thinking is less government we don't need it less regulation and all of that and then you've got the other side of the coin uh, on the more liberal progressive side, that's you know much more in favor of having a large safety net and government ha- having involvement in your life. And, and the, the, it's not binary, you cannot, I think we've kind of figured it out in society that you can't go all one way or the other. There's gotta be some sort of balance. And I think that that, same notion is applicable to what we're seeing with with Web3 and decentralization to be specific when it, and when it pertains to technology. Um, the idea is great and I think in some form and we're, we're kind of seeing what that's going to shake out to be, it's going to be fantastic. But there will always have to be some boundaries and parameters and, 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 and some checks and balances around it for it to work. What I'm sort of intrigued by with Web three, though, is is the idea of personalization and, and and some of the business benefits that we might be able to see out of um, out of this evolving, um, you know, business benefits that will help with customer experience. So the more that um, that companies are able to use uh, technology to personalize how they interact with customers, um, is going to give them a business advantage. Um, how they can do their own branding and marketing out to those customers and make it more specific to the customer. Um, all of those things are going to really help. And I think in harnessing those aspects of of the of this web three phenomenon and, and new technologies is gonna be something that at least for our audience is, is real and is going to help them be able to see some real tangible benefits to their business.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we've said for quite a while that digital identity seems to be the most uh, promising nut to crack if, if you're applying new technology here. And I think that continues to be the case. You know, I'm working with uh, some digital uh, blockchain credentialing firms uh, that, that have this notion of that you can kind of put your career on a blockchain and then you can carry it with you with all of your skills and credentials. And th- there's a lot of sort of behavioral hurdles with that, but the technology at least is something new that would enable that, uh, and so I do think that digital identity will continue to be something really interesting for a lot of people to look at. And again, I don't think it's going to be purely decentralized. I think you're going to say, okay, <laughs> this company has created the digital wallet, and all my stuff is in there, but I can still take it, you know, from place to place, uh, whether that's online or offline. You know, we, we talk about the metaverse, and that the metaverse is really. Uh, all of these different digital places that you might go and interact with companies or or individuals. And I think identity, digital identity would really help a lot with that as well. Um, So I do think that there's potential there. And then I I think that one of the reasons that I view this as a a broad discussion about the internet is as much as Web3 has gotten focus and has had some highs and lows and is still kind of uh, the jury's still out on it. I think that even the past year might have started to create some questions around Web2, right? So we talked about Web2 being user generated social media type stuff. And you look at the past year and some of the big social media sites, and I think you've got a lot of things that are starting to come into question with those, whether that's, you know, business models that are built around advertising, and there's only so many advertising dollars to go around. And again, the nature of capital has changed, or whether you're talking about some of the hurdles that these companies have faced for a long time around content moderation when they get to scale and how are they really helping to shape all of the community that they have on there? And are they acting as a platform or as they are they just a kind of a pure vanilla entity and and the the community should be regulating itself? I think a lot of that has come into more question in the past year, whereas maybe two or three years ago, we probably viewed web two and all the social media stuff as a given, right, something that was solid, and and we were going to take that moving forward. So I I think there's still, you know, some refinements to be made there, and some maybe questions to be asked and answered. Um, and it's all around, you know, how does the internet uh, operate, and, and, you know, who owns which pieces of it, and how is that going to get regulated? regulated? I think all that plays in, and that's going to be a major factor over the next decade or, or more.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we're still trying to figure out the whole, how to rein in the wild west, um, but not so much that we squelch innovation. And, you know, innovation is, I think the next thing we wanna talk about here is looking at the whole world of technology and we've been covering it all for quite some time. And if we go back to our 15 year starting point that we wanted to, um, you know, what's the next big thing? I I feel like we're at a point where um, we're, at least economically, and we talked about this last time on the podcast, you know, we're in, I think, a cautionary phase where maybe some of the, you know, throw money at everything that we want to try out and and, and try to innovate around, maybe those days are over. So what actually rises to the top now when you're not throwing a piece of spaghetti, a million pieces of spaghetti at the wall, and you might only be throwing a couple, because that's what you can invest in. So, you know, what's our next iPhone or our next big thing? And I'll let you answer that. But one thing that is kind of surprise me and I think maybe a lot of people out there recently is AI just like exploding and taking off and so I'm thinking of chat to be specific and we've talked about that but you know the, the huge investment I read that Microsoft has made in that platform um, I read that in the New York Times this week I had no idea they really you know the money um, engine behind that company And some of the things that that technology can do, maybe this is where, you know, we've talked about artificial intelligence for a long time, and it sure seems to me like a rocket has taken off in the last, I don't know, few months.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to probably have to do a dedicated (laughs) episode on AI sometime in the pretty near future. And, And I do think that it's a really interesting technology that's reached a point of maturity that is opening some new doors. I, I think the the notion behind this last topic that we're looking at is what problems are left to solve. Um, so, so we have this powerful new tool in AI. Is there? Is it going to help solve a new problem? Um, I think that's you know that would be a great thing for us to dive into a little bit more. I think if you take AI out of the equation, if you just back up and look at the whole thing, I, I think there are maybe two different ways to look at this, you know, one is sort of internal of the technology industry. And you and I were talking about a little bit about this planning this episode that if you think about any industry that that industry might have like a, sort of an unstated goal in mind. And so for like the automobile industry you might say that that was like to mobilize the planet, right? And yeah. and certainly we're not at a point where every person in the world has a car, but I think most people would recognize that that notion of mobilizing the planet has probably largely been achieved, and that's put the industry into a new phase. Yeah. I think if you try to make that same analogy for the technology industry, the goal would be digitize the planet, mm-hmm. And maybe we've done most of that. Like, what is left to be digitized? There are probably some things, but have we reached kind of that saturation point where the behaviors are going to change? I, I think you could make that argument, um, you know, with within the industry itself.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting argument, and I, you know, I'm stumped almost about, you know, what is the next hill to climb here um i i really am i mean you know th- you know big world problems come to mind you know how can technology help solve climate change issues you know um healthcare type issues you know maybe start applying you know the next big thing maybe is very specific to certain definable problems that we have in society as opposed to something that might be um you know, as ubiquitous, but also sort of as, um, as generic as digitizing everybody, be more like solving a very specific problem, like, you know, killing, you know, beating a, a certain disease or, um, or like I said, you know, somehow knocking, you know, you know, knocking out some aspect of climate problems that we're having right now. And I could go on about lists of societal issues and all of that, you know, world peace is a good one but Yeah, so, yeah,
1: you know, no, I think those are great, you know, you know examples that kind of yeah. point to, this second thing that's happening, not just with technology, but with science broadly, there's quite a bit of thought out there. And Derek Thompson from The Atlantic just sent out a newsletter and did a podcast on this idea that across many fields in science, innovation is becoming harder to achieve. Uh, And there are a lot of different reasons for that, that maybe you've already gotten some of the low-hanging fruit. and, And as you're advancing more and more in the field, in, in any specific field, you're getting more and more specialized, and so as you're, you know, chasing down those rabbit trails of specialization, uh, that that becomes a little limiting. And the the problems that you begin solving are the ones that you're talking about, where you're kind of crossing two areas of specialization. So you're trying to bring technology into climate change, or technology into medicine, or something like that. And and so there's still innovation. To be out there, you know, I was thinking about it a little bit this morning, I almost wonder if the situation is that like back in 2007, we would have said that maybe there are like 10 $1 billion ideas, you know, to be had. Yeah. And now here, you know, what we're saying is, there aren't 10 ideas to be had, maybe there are two or three, but they're all like $2 or $3 but they are all like 2 or 3000000000 dollars ideas, like they're, yeah. they're huge ideas, but they're going to be really hard to come by. And they're a little fewer and farther between.
0: hmm. Or the other way to look at it is maybe there's a hundred ten million dollar ideas you know what i mean um so you know one way that I, i i was trying to think of this in the big picture like we just talked about and then also maybe the next big thing isn't so big it's that it's it's learning how to run businesses better getting better at what you do more efficient at what you do and using technology in that way i know that's unsexy and it doesn't sound that great but just think about it if every company out there was um optimal it was optimized to running its best um, and, and because most companies are not running their best but somehow technology was applicable in that way it could really it could drive efficiencies and 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 shore up operations um, i think you could see there a huge benefit just out of that for things running well Um, and, and so maybe looking inward a little bit to the less sexy aspects of where technology might be able to help and be the next big thing in some way might be another way to look at it.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, again, you go back to like that example of the car industry, the car industry didn't, you know, shut its doors once they got cars. Yeah, Yeah, we don't have hovercrafts
0: yet. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so there hasn't been, you know, this major innovation, but they continue to, refine and they continue to, you know, try to do things that, that improve the experience or whatever. And and they're not breaking into brand new markets or they're not introducing mm-hmm. brand new vehicles, but you know, they continue to exist and they simply have to operate a little bit differently. And so I, I think that probably both of these things are are true. That, you know, if you're if you're on the cutting edge, if you're trying to drive for innovation, that's going to look a little bit different. And if you're kind of everything else, there's still a ton of work to do there that could be very profitable you know very useful to a business but it's not going to look like breaking a ton of new ground
0: yeah and I think that there are certain industries and places where both things can be happening at once. You know, you can be doing the the uh, the, the brand new and innovation. I'll point to the airline industry. I think that the airline industry could use a lot of uh, shoring up of its of its operations and becoming better at what they do and becoming um, competent at what they do. And there's also a lot of room for technology to to, um, to have some breakthroughs there as well with climate change and other things that we talked about. So um, I
1: think it's uh, it can be both. Yeah, that's a uh, that's probably a good place to wrap yeah. up this episode in this series. I think this was fun. You know, I think that like we opened it up by saying that you and I had had some of these discussions at the end of last year, looking at some things that weren't exactly in line with what we were talking about in our outlook, or weren't in line with you know the specific research that we do, mm-hmm. but were pretty applicable to this overall industry that uh, is really impacting so much of us, not just yeah. those of us that work directly in it, but uh, everyone that's using technology. So it'll be very interesting to kind of look back and and see if this was, in fact, a turning point. I mean, we should be so lucky to be still doing volley in 15 years and to be able to say, (laughs) oh, you know, here's what 2023 to 2038 looked like.
0: Yeah, we might look a little different. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we'll use AI to uh, help us look exactly. There you go. Oh,
0: this is my yeah. This is how I will solve my aging problem on camera, at least. Anyway, but yeah, no. Hey, let's keep the big ideas flowing. It's been fun chatting about it.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, very good to to talk about it with you. And thanks, as always, to our producer Andrew McMillan. And I will see you next time on Bulletproof. See ya.